Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. DMAC, Rachel B. Hill hanging out with you on this Thursday. We are at game two between the Preds and the Avs. Playoffs, they're continuing to roll on. DMAC's down at Ball Arena. DMAC, what's the atmosphere like? How's the team feeling? Uh, the team looks good, as you can see. They're uh, getting going right now. They're just going through some of their paces. Um, I had a fun little moment, Rachel, as I was walking in. So it was the Predators team bus. And I said, oh, here they are. There's, a, there's the Predators. And, and you walk in, and now they don't – this happens all the time. So it's not like the Avs are doing anything different. But if you, I don't know if you can see the scoreboard. But on the scoreboard, you have the final score up on the scoreboard, 7-2. to two. So as the Predators walk in, there's a uh, – just, just a – it's a friendly reminder. And again, they, they, this is not an in-your-face moment. Usually the scoreboard just has the results of whatever the previous game was up on the scoreboard. They're not doing it intentionally. But again, just a nice little reminder, uh, you know, seven to seven, seven to two. So I thought that was a nice, nice little moment. Absolutely. We like to see it. Um, we're getting comments already. Everyone's saying, let's go abs. Mel said, kind of nervous for tonight. Rachel, can you please tell us what time the pregame is? We couldn't find it last time and want to catch you guys on YouTube. So we're actually not doing a pregame, only a postgame. And that's because Ball Arena has been so loud, too, that it's nearly impossible for me to be able to put anything together while I'm down there. I mean, it is a crazy atmosphere. It is unlike anything we've seen. So we're only doing post-game mail. We hope that you can tune in and join us for that. But, uh, DMAC, any updates um, on injuries? How is everyone feeling? I know Cogliano had left during game one. Uh, yeah, you know, so far... I mean, they, they literally stepped out on the ice when we just started this show. So I'm trying to get my bearings here. Um, I'll update you. I'll update things, people on Twitter as we go. I won't just leave you and run out there right now. Um, gosh, you know, I don't see them, but Rachel, it's so annoying because they don't wear numbers on the back of their practice uh, uh, sweaters, jerseys. Uh, but, but, but that being said, let's just, sure, we want to know how Kyle Gowan's doing. But it's not make or break. Um, the question really, and we don't know, and we would not know until after practice, which guys are not going to skate tonight. You generally have an idea of which guys aren't going to go tonight because they spend extra time getting in some extra work after practice. So, you know, we'll have a better idea about that in about 40 minutes or so. Um, the only adjustment you may see, because Logan O'Connor and Alex Newhook were both healthy scratches. The game got physical, Rachel, pretty chippy. chippy. So the question is, will they dress Curtis McDermott, you know, their tough guy, out there tonight? Don't know. We'll be interested to find that out. I'm sure um, Jared Bednar may be asked about it. I don't know if he'll actually be honest about it, but I'm sure he'll be asked about it. But maybe that, if Cogliano's not feeling great, maybe that's a change that makes sense. You put McDermott back down on the fourth line just as, uh, hey, Predators, we got a guy out there too. But at the end of the day, Rachel, how are the Predators going to combat the speed and the skill of the Avalanche? That's a question they have to answer, not a question the Avs have to answer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And physicality really does come down to it. The Preds were in the regular season, had the most hits at 2,500. They were not afraid to take any sort of physical hits on anybody. So, and I think that's a lot of keeping this Colorado Avalanche team very composed and making sure that they're playing smart hockey so that no one gets suspended and no one gets seriously injured. Yeah, that's, that's you know, the game, Rachel, it was interesting. We were sitting together. 
um, at the last game. And after 10 minutes, we kind of just looked at each other and we're like, wow, this game is over. It's 10 minutes into the first period and we just realized, well, the game's over. So, you know, now what? And we saw now what, Rachel? We saw uh, a lot of cheap shots by the Preds after the whistle. We saw the Preds try to bait guys like uh, Nazem Kadre into problems with Josh Manson helped clean up. I mean, you know, Jared Bednar had a great quote after the game. He goes, it's not about ego, it's about winning. And okay, well, I mean, let's keep that in mind here that no matter what personal insult you may face, if the whistle's blown, to a certain degree, you just got to be the bigger man and, and skate away because you know what the Predators are going to try to do. It's pretty obvious. So the Avalanche can't get sucked into that. It's a desperate move by the Predators. You only have to do that if you don't have the skill to win on any kind of other level. And frankly, that's who the Predators really are. They're really not that great of a hockey team. And boy, do they have questions because David Riddich was absolutely horrific and had to get yanked from the net. And they put in Connor Ingram, who had only played in three NHL games. So we'll be sticking around for the, the Predators skate as well and talking to their coach to see, you know, who's even going to go and goalie for them because it's not going to be Yusei Saros tonight. Who do you anticipate them? Because obviously, yeah, Redditch was not good by any means. But do you really want to go with your third string guy? I think they're going to. And here's why. Redditch has is, got to be mentally scarred by giving up four, uh, uh, blowing a four-goal lead to the Coyotes at the last game of the season for them, which is terrible. These guys, the Predators, Rachel, they never went home. And, and they really did pack. They knew they weren't going to go home. But they were really mentally and um, packed for a trip to Calgary, okay? So the fact that all those plans had to get scuttled, they still stayed in Arizona for some extra days, like they, you know, as if they were going to go to Calgary. But it means that this team, Rachel, has been on a 10-game, 10 10-day 10 road trip. And I think mentally and physically, that's just going to wear you down. So Riddich, to me, blew the game against the Coyotes, had a horrific game in game one. Ingram played all right. He only allowed two goals. I mean, it, would, it definitely wasn't the same intensity. I think they go with Ingram, which is nuts to say that this guy is going to be playing in his fourth NHL game ever and it's game two of, the, uh, uh, of this first round in the playoffs. But seriously, I think that's their best hope. Because Riddich, I think Riddich is destroyed. Um, I, I mean, I hope it's Riddich. You know, I think they actually have a better shot with Ingram. It'll, it'll be very interesting what they decide to do. Yeah, well, and make sure you follow DMAC. He'll keep everybody updated on everything that he sees out at Morning Skate today and for the Morning Pressers. DMAC, for tonight to be extremely successful for the Avs, what needs to get done? You know, it, it, nothing new. It, it, what, what we had to see is what we already did see. So whether or not you want to put McDermott on the fourth line and send a message like, hey, we got a guy who's going to fight you. I mean, I guess that's up to the Avs if they think that's important enough. But, Rachel, what we saw from the Avalanche, we saw the best players playing the best. Nathan McKinnon was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Taves and McCarr. Uh, Landis Cog was back. And, you know, the only tiny, tiny, teeny, tiny thing, Rachel, um, I would love to see Nazem Kadri get back into the flow as a scorer because he was struggling a little bit when he returned from injury in the, the final week or so. Bednar was a little critical of Kadri. So I, I, I guess that. 
if I could be nitpicky about anything, is getting Kadri back into the flow uh, because he was so instrumental in such an amazing season that they had. They're deep, though, Rachel. They can sustain a player or two not playing great. Um, that's the kind of depth they have. But we're being nitpicky, right? And uh, so, okay, there you go. Let's get Kadri back into the flow offensively and not make him such a, you know, target of, you know, stupid crap after the whistle's blown. It was so good to see Gabe Landeskog back out there. And honestly, DMAC, it didn't even look like he missed a single second of the season. He got right back out there, didn't miss a single beat. Yeah, he was fantastic, and he's such a great leader. Captain of the team, obviously. Um, they, they need Gabe Landeskog to be successful. I, I really do think, Rachel, he probably could have skated a little bit earlier. So, I mean, what a luxury to have that you can just wait. Um, and the surgery was really planned out. Uh, he probably didn't have to have it, but it was, it was crazy how good they were that he could have it, he could recover, and um, be back up to speed. So, sure, and Gabe got credit for that goal uh, that got kicked in, which is always fun when you get credit for a goal on a puck that you don't even touch. But, hey, hey we'll give the captain something. Exactly, exactly. A little welcome back gift. Uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon obviously having two goals. You and I were both going for hopefully a hat trick on Tuesday night. But do you think Nathan McKinnon is hearing the talk about, you know, everyone's talking about legacy and how he needs to win a cup and how he hasn't been as good in previous playoffs? Do you think he's been hearing that talk and that's kind of right, like one of the reasons he's been so riled up and doing so well? Well, you know, it's funny. He just scored over 70 points in the playoffs, which joins like five other Hall of Famers um, in terms of points in the playoff success. So to think that he hasn't been successful in the playoffs is kind of interesting because production-wise, you'd say yes, but that's not what they measure legacy by. They measure it by championships. So I do think it, it hangs heavy on him. I, I think so. I, I think this is kind of all about Nathan McKinnon and the legacy that he's going to leave, not only with the Avalanche, Rachel, but also with hockey in general. Don't forget he grew up in Cole Harbor um, with, with Sidney Crosby as, as a mentor and now a very good friend, but they grew up together, or at least in the same town in Nova Scotia. Crosby's a little bit older, but they trained together. They know each other very well. Well, Crosby's legacy is well-established. Can you imagine, Rachel... You grow up in a small town in Nova Scotia and you have to look over your shoulder in terms of your NHL greatness and you've got a career like Nathan McKinnon. I mean, it's, it's like absurd that you can be as good as Nathan McKinnon and say, oh, yeah, but uh, not as good as that guy in Sydney down the street. So it is a wild way to grow up that you have to be measured about that, not only in large NHL circles, but at the local Tim Hortons down the street in Nova Scotia. So I think he wears a lot of that, Rachel. Um, and heavy is the crown. He is the king of the avalanche, and he needs to prove it. And it, it does go beyond um, Landis God, who's been here actually longer. There is more resting on Nathan McKinnon. Hey, he was up to the test uh, on, on Tuesday night, and hopefully he'll be up to the test the rest of the way. But Jared Bednar did say, the stars have to lead us. The stars have to play best. You can't win a cup without your stars being your best players. And, and Tuesday night, Nathan McKinnon was the best player. So let's keep it rolling. 
Absolutely. Mission 16 W underway. One down, 15 more to go to getting the Stanley Cup. And DMAC, you're getting to travel with the team. You've never been to Nashville before, and you're going out there on Saturday. What is one thing besides the hockey game that you're looking forward to doing most out there? Well, I'm so looking forward to going to Broadway, which is where all the country bars are, and going from bar to bar to bar and hearing the exact same song because all country music is basically one song. Well, there's two songs. There's the happy country song, and then there's the sad country song. And then there's, you know, so I'm just going to listen to the, the one song here, and then the one song over there, and then I'm going to play drums. Somehow, I'm going to get behind a drum kit and, and play it. Rachel, it's the same song. I can learn it. So uh, I'm, that's, that's my goal, to somehow play drums with some sort of bar band in Nashville, okay? Playing the one song that they all play. I love it. I love it. DMAC, as always, I appreciate you checking in with us from Ball Arena. Join hey, I got it. Rachel, really quick, really quick. This came over the glass. It's a practice puck. DMAC, keep that one. Well, I can keep it or I can give it back. It's a practice puck. Can you see that? Yeah. Keep you think it. I should keep it? You don't think they'd be mad at me? No, it's and if they cool. win it this year, DMAC, what a great memorabilia to have. <laughs> so there you go. I got a souvenir already. All right. We love it. DMAC, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Appreciate it. Make sure everybody go follow DMAC on Twitter. He'll keep you updated on everything Morning Skate, plus his travels out in Nashville. He'll have to get a video of uh, himself when he's playing those drums. We appreciate DMAC all the time. Um, Seriously, I've given so much credit to him over the past couple of months, but the amount of time that he has spent at Ball Arena truly is amazing. And as somebody who covers sports, I know DMAC puts in so much effort. So give him a follow. He tries to keep everybody updated as much as he possibly can. He's incredible. He's at all the morning practices. Like I said, definitely give him a follow. But okay, we're moving on now to kind of some of the big news that's come out this morning. And that is Magic Johnson is going in to the bidding along with Josh Harris, the owner of the 76ers. For the Broncos, now obviously the Broncos are expected to be the largest purchase for a professional sports team. And it's interesting because I don't know how I feel about this. So I would really appreciate it if you could put in the comments how you're feeling about Magic Johnson joining the bidding with Josh Harris for the Broncos. For me personally, I because of Pat Bolin and the legacy that he left, you know, you want somebody who's going to be out there all the time. You want somebody who's going to be so involved and that the Broncos become their baby as an owner. And Magic Johnson is obviously involved with so many different groups that I just don't know how I feel. So I would appreciate it if you all put it in the comments how you felt. We got one question. Um, Sandler, first of all, what's up? Thanks for joining us from Wisconsin. And he says, is the Broncos going to be a playoff team? Yes, the Broncos will be a playoff team. I would be actually shocked if they were not a playoff team. And I think a lot of people would probably agree with that statement that I cannot see them. With that being said, of course, that everybody is staying healthy, that they would not be a playoff team this week. Um, Also, Sandler said, no way Dodgers against Rockies. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. But please let me know in the comments what you think about Magic Johnson taking over as owner, along with others, and Josh Harris of the Philadelphia 76ers of the Broncos. I definitely want to hear your opinion, so please let us know. But now we're going to try out something new here on Coffee Break. Um, luckily, with this show kind of being upcoming and fresh, we're only two months in. We're always trying out new things. So 
we are going to try out the daily, which is something that gets sent out to everybody who is a subscriber of DenverFan.com. So we send out stories that you get to see every single morning. These are the top stories. And I kind of want to go into these. So you can subscribe, like I said, at DenverFan.com and definitely check it out. It's a daily email that gets sent out with everything that you need to know about what happened the previous day. That way you are completely caught up on your way to work. And then you can come here on Coffee Break and we can discuss everything. So this is just something new we're trying out. Let me know what you all think of it. Obviously, we love hearing your opinions, so please keep them coming. But first story of the day, let's hit it. What in the world is wrong with Rockies pitcher Herman Marquez? All right, Sean Drotar wrote this story. Now, he's had 35 hits and 19 runs and only 19 innings pitched. Obviously, not doing too hot on that front. And it's interesting because Kyle Freeland got the opening day start, but Herman actually had the better record leading into it. So it's kind of interesting. A lot of people saying the hometown hometown kid and Kylan Freeland got the start, but should Herman have gotten it? And then we got into two quotes that Sean highlights here. And it says he's starting a new ball. So definitely go check out the article and you can learn what type of ball he's been pitching. But, um, Bud Black said it's partially mechanics. It's partly probably some concentration. It's probably not being overly aggressive as he needs to be. Now, her mom came back and said, my concentration and focus are still the same. Things are not working. So I find this interesting for two reasons. A lot of times you don't see disagreements between managers and players talked about to the media. Obviously, disagreements happen all the time. But the fact that Herman came back and kind of had this saying about this with what Bud Black had said interests me and makes me question the relationship that they have. You know, is there a little bit of negativity going on since he didn't get the start over Kyle Freeland on opening day? Obviously, we're well into baseball at this point, too. But you never know. Sometimes those negatives can kind of kind of go down the road a little bit. So this story was interesting. Definitely go figure out what kind of ball he's now throwing and trying to learn and get better at um, at denverfan.com. We'll move on to the next story. We've got Jerry Judy knows it's make or break season for him in Denver. Cecil Lammy wrote this after attending the Broncos press conference yesterday. And Jerry Judy did get up there and talk. Um, They were asking him about the quarterback conversation, like everybody now, how Russell Wilson is affecting this team. And one of the main quotes that uh, stood out to me was there are things you can control and things you can't control. Those first two years are gone now. So I'm just focused on this year. As we all know, Jerry Judy really didn't have the best quarterback throwing to him. He had zero touchdowns last year, which everybody finds is a huge surprise. So can this year be better? He's obviously got a new quarterback, pretty much a Hall of Famer quarterback at this point. So how will that kind of affect this year? It's going to come down to Jerry Judy. I think it's more on his shoulders than anybody else's. Um, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, I think they're all expected to have good years. But I feel like the most pressure is on Jerry Judy to have the best year. Um, He also did talk about how he was not out in San Diego because he had the birth of his second daughter. He got a lot of hate on social media for posting stuff, especially on Twitter and Instagram. I mean, seriously, you guys, there was a lot of hate going around saying that he wasn't committed, that he wasn't focusing on this upcoming season because he wasn't out at Camp Russ, as a lot of people were calling it. But he was, in fact... Um, there for the birth of his second daughter. So huge congratulations to Jerry Judy. I think a lot of people will owe him a big apology based on that. All right, next story. 
James Merlot wrote about Michael Malone. He said he's already laying the groundwork with next year's excuses. Obviously, if you know James, you know James is never one to shy away from really pointing out the truth. A lot of people don't like to hear it, but it is the truth. So some of the main quotes that stuck out to me in this article is it's the biggest offseason since I've been here. Obviously, they need to sign Nicole Jokic again. He's expected to sign a super max deal, um, which we obviously want to keep him around here. Um, and then to be dangerous, deep playoff team, you have to have the elite defense. They didn't. Obviously, I think Austin Rivers was one of the best players in that series. He was out in game, I believe, five, I want to say. We've had a lot of a lot of playoff games the past couple of weeks. But he ended up going out, obviously, to an injury and Steph Curry. Um was able to do Steph Curry things. But I honestly really do believe that Austin Rivers did a really good job of playing defense, guarding Steph Curry, guarding Klay Thompson, and that whole front, because the deep three is where they really seem to struggle. If you can get the Warriors going straight, you're in a lot of trouble. So to be a dangerous, deep playoff team, you have to have elite defense. That's something that they will absolutely need to capitalize on this offseason to bring in some help for Austin Rivers if they do choose to re-sign him. And then also Nicole Jokic, of course. Justin already saying James is terrible and 100% disagree with his take. And this is interesting. So I think this is a reason you guys need to go read the article because James makes some really good points. So Justin, I appreciate you comment on commenting on here, but definitely go read the article and then come back and tell me if you still think that these are terrible takes. Because this is kind of the point of this. We have so many incredible writers at DenverFan.com, you guys. I'm not kidding when I say this. So many incredible. We've got Jake Shapiro, Will Peterson, um, Sean Drotar, Cecil Lammy, James Merillat. So many incredible ones. And I even know I missed a few. So definitely check out all of these articles and subscribe to The Daily. Um, but then this was the quote that really got me fired up. And this is one I actually personally also believe. And it says, he's got to find his voice even more. Now, who is he talking about? Who's Michael Malone talking about? He's talking about Nicole Jokic, how he needs to actually step up and be a leader. We know he's incredible at playing the game of basketball, but to be that next level, I think you do. You have to have a voice. You have to be able to completely lead this team. And that's why they were able to struggle so much without having Jamal Murray, because Jamal Murray is that person. That's the thing. A lot of people I know are going to come at me and say, that's ridiculous. But Jamal Murray is the person that's going to lead them to a championship. Of course, having Jokic on the court with him will absolutely help, but Jamal is going to be the one who's going to be the leader, who's going to take this team to the next level, unless Jokic can find his voice and can be that leader. So Justin, go check out this article at DenverFan.com. I promise you will not be disappointed. Lots of good takes in here too. Some you may agree with, some you may disagree with. Moving on to the next one. Jake Shapiro um, wrote about the Denver Broncos re-signing Eric Saubert to a one-year deal. So he caught eight passes for 47 yards and a touchdown last season. He was used at special teams and a run blocker. And Saubert joins Albert O, Eric Tomlinson, Greg Dolchich, and Sean Byer now in the tight end room. I think this is a good signing. Obviously, we got Greg Dolchich, which is going to be huge. A lot of people say really, really good things about Greg. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Albert O, obviously, still around. So Broncos lost Noah Fanton. This is Russell Wilson deal. He ended up going to Seattle. So I think this is a good signing. I don't think it hurts the Broncos by any means. And they were able to get their, I believe, who's going to be their second tight end, if not their first tight end in the draft. So 
a good deal there. Denverfan.com. Definitely check out Jake Shapiro. He is recently new to the team, and we've appreciated all of his insight um, that he's brought so far, and we can't wait to see the stories to come. It was also his birthday yesterday, so we need to say a happy belated birthday to Jake. Jake, I hope you had a wonderful time. I know you went out to the Rockies game, so I hope you had a blast. All right, let's see the comments still coming in. Um, we got we're keeping Broncos going, but Jess said go out and find a superstar to help Joker. Just saying, Jess, I'm totally with you on that. I'm not gonna lie, I but I think it's Jamal. I think you already have it. We just need him to get back out on the court. I think that's gonna be one of the major things for this Nuggets team this year is making sure Jamal gets out there. He's not gonna be the bubble Jamal right away, but I definitely do think he'll get out there and he'll be that leader that this team needs to help Jokic. Um, Sandler, who do you think is going to buy the Broncos? I honestly don't know. And it's kind of been interesting. We've heard like little tidbits of it, but I feel like I'm not educated enough to go out and say who I think would be the absolute best or who I think is going to buy the Broncos. I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised either way who it ends up coming down to. I think if it goes into the Walmart family, that that's going to be great. There's a lot of money there, obviously. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it was Josh Harris and Magic Johnson. I think there's just so much that we haven't gotten like a deeper dive into it. So I'm just going to leave that open. That's kind of my personal opinion. I can see it going a lot of ways if I'm going to be going honest. All right. Let's go into Will Peterson, though, writing an article for DenverFan.com a year after playing only two games. Josie Jewell not taking football for granted. So Josie Jewell was also one of the individuals who spoke at yesterday's press conferences. Um, So the Broncos didn't resign Kenny Young or Alexander Johnson. So Jewell will have to be relied on in a big way to anchor the middle of Denver's defense in 2022. He will play a big role in the defense for this upcoming year. Obviously, we want him to stay healthy. He did a great job for the two games that he did play yesterday before um, tearing his pack. So obviously, excited to see him. George Payton clearly believes in him enough if they're not bringing back Kenny Young or Alexander Johnson. So we will see that. And then he said he finally felt 100% at the end of February. So the torn pack ended up sidelining him for more than six months which I've obviously never tore my pectoral muscle, but I'm sure it can't be a fun recovery that he says that he is feeling back to 100% and looking forward to getting out on the field. He said workouts have been going good too. That's what we like to hear. He also um, welcomed in a second child. So he is also now a dad of two and he says that he's been loving it, but it definitely is a lot more work with two out there. Um, let's see. Mel said score predictions for tonight. And did James make one? James did make one. I have not seen. I think it was four one. So double check on his Twitter. He did say four one. I'm pretty sure. Um, my score prediction for tonight is going to be five two. I'm excited for tonight's game. A lot on the line. Obviously it's going to be fun. We want the sweep. I don't care what anyone says. We want the sweep. We want to get this team some rest. And then Sandler said, what is your favorite Colorado team? That is honestly so hard to even talk about. I will say that the Broncos are what got me involved with sports. They are the reason that I'm doing this job today. I went to my first Broncos game at the age of 10, and I knew I wanted to be involved with it immediately. So the Broncos, they were like my day one, but I've worked for the Rapids. I love the Colorado Rapids, a big soccer girl too. Obviously the abs and the nuggets, they're so much fun to watch. So I I have love for my CSU Rams too. So just a ton of love all over the board. And I'm just lucky that you guys allow me to sit here and talk about them with you. Moving on to the last daily article. 
we have for the day. All right. Nazem Kadri takes responsibility for his past actions in a new essay. Will Peterson wrote this article because Nazem wrote in the Players' Tribune. If you don't know what the Players' Tribune is, this is where a lot of professional athletes write their own sort of essays, like Will said. And um, you hear all sorts of conversations and topics that are talked about. Nazem Kadri wrote about some of his past mistakes. You know, he wrote about the Mamba mentality he has. Um, definitely check out DenverFan.com. But here's where this got interesting for me. So Will said, look, it's cool for Kadri to open up. But being the keyword here, the timing of the piece is also curious. So check out DenverFan.com to see what Will is talking about and his reason that he's not 100% sold on Nazem Kadri writing this place for the Players' Tribune. So much fun again check out the daily denverfan.com you can subscribe get all sorts of stories every single day in your inbox and then come join us at coffee break this is just a new segment we're trying out let me know in the comments if you did indeed like it but emmanuel sanders yesterday was back here in denver so obviously he plays for the buffalo bills and they asked him if emmanuel will be back next year my take is that he's not going to return. Um, they asked him if he was still working out like he was planning to play this year. He just kept saying, we'll see. So we got some clips here from the event yesterday. Lots of Broncos players were in attendance as well. Cortland Sutton was there, um, and they were able to play with a lot of the kids. So a lot of these players came out and said, too, that they grew up going to boys and girls clubs. So this was something so special to him. And I think it really shows that the impact that Emmanuel had on the Denver Broncos community and that they were able to retire the jersey from um, Demarius Thomas, too. There were so many pictures all over the gym. It was so cool. Justin Simmons there, as you can see. And here's Emmanuel running a route with the diving catch. You love to see it. Um, really good to have him back out there as well. Uh, and again, lots of Bronco players in attendance, which speaks a lot to Emmanuel's status, to the Marius status, but also to the Boys and Girls Club of Denver because they play such a huge role in the Denver Broncos community as well. And like I said, a lot of the Bronco players, they grew up going to the Boys and Girls Club. So it definitely has a special place in their heart. We want to do one last thing here on Coffee Break. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. It's just me solo, obviously, DMAC down at Ball Arena. He's typically on with me on Thursdays. But we wanted to make sure that he was keeping his eye out for anything that would happen at Morning Skate. The last thing is going to be a roast or a toast. It's been a minute since we've done one of these. So I am going to toast this morning to George Payton because it is his birthday um, the Denver community has fallen in love with the GM of the Denver Broncos. We think he's picked wisely. I've been appreciative of all of that he has done for the Broncos, obviously bringing in Nathaniel Hackett. He's been a change of pace for Russell Wilson. So much fun stuff. We're looking forward to the season, but happy birthday to George Payton. And thank you to everyone that tuned in today. Thank you all to the comments that you did. I truthfully appreciate it. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart every day for tuning in to Coffee Break. We will be back post-game again for the Avalanche Predators game to come hang out with us as soon as the final buzzer will blow. Definitely come hang out with James Merlot, Will Peterson, and myself. We'll be breaking down game two and hopefully an Avalanche win. Cheers, everybody. Happy Thursday. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. We'll talk to you all later.